Hello, and welcome to the Keepers of the Flame podcast. This is a show to shine a light into the darkness, to empower women, their support networks, and our communities to weather breast cancer, because together we weather the storm. But on this ocean, every wave brings you closer to home. Hello and welcome to Keepers of the Flame podcast, where together we weather the storm. I'm Joyce Williams, your host, and this is episode number nine, Breast Density and Margie's Law. In this episode, we're going to talk about what breast density actually is, why does it matter, who does it affect, and what did one woman, Margie Singleton, do for all of Georgia women? Hint, y'all, she changed legislation, and we're going to hear from her directly in today's episode. Also in this episode, we're going to find out how she did that, how she changed the legislation, and how does this actually affect you? We aim to have a balanced message about not only understanding how critical it is to understand your own breast density and its values, but also at recognizing that this is one of many, many puzzle pieces that needs to be considered. We need to talk about it, but then we need to also understand the larger picture as well. There are lots of puzzle pieces that somebody needs to be aware of when considering their risk for breast cancer. So with me today, I have a very special guest. I'm so excited to have her here, Margie Singleton. Margie is a breast cancer survivor herself. She diligently went in for her regular mammograms starting at the recommended age of 40, and eventually she felt a lump. She had dense breast tissue, and the screenings were hard to distinguish breast tissue from the actual cancer itself. She actually had cancer, she just couldn't see it because of this density. And consequently, Margie set out on a mission to spread awareness and to empower women with the knowledge of their own breast density. What does it mean? How do you know? What do you do about it? She formed an army of women called Margie's Army, and together they set out to change Georgia law. Not only did they set out to change the law, but they did it. Georgia became the 38th eighth state with dense breast legislation and this is all thanks to margie and her noble efforts to save lives welcome margie we are so happy to have you here with us today you are a hero to so many women we're so glad to have you help us spread this very very important message about breast density i am and i know you are too of the camp that information is meant to empower us absolutely not cripple us so uh, first of all tell us tell us a little bit about your story how did you find your cancer um thank you for giving me the opportunity to further help educate first of all uh, women in georgia and across the nation whoever listens to this message so thank you for everything that you're doing to help Uh further educate women and empower women knowledge definitely is a power so um so for that i appreciate your time so i found my cancer i had started a weight loss challenge and clean eating working out and i felt something in my right breast um, that felt hard to the touch and it was sore you know being in my mid-40s i thought "Mm, it's probably 
hormonal. Maybe something's going on. Maybe I drank too much caffeine. But a couple of weeks went by and never, it just didn't go away. So I'm in the medical device industries. I was working in the hospital and I ran into one of um, a plastic surgeon. And um, I said, you know, I'm glad I ran into you. I just need to ask you about this really quickly. And he actually felt the lump there. And he said, when was the last time you had a mammogram? I said, I just had one like six months ago. And I said, everything was clear. Everything was fine. He's like, I think we need to go get another mammogram and get, a, get let's look at ultrasound. So that afternoon, I found myself uh, at the imaging center getting a 3D mammogram as well as an ultrasound. And after the ultrasound uh, radiologist, they, they brought me back in for another 3D mammogram. And I knew them being in the medical industry, something was up. Right. Something was going on. And then two days later, of course, we did a biopsy, which was confirmed that I had breast cancer. Man. <laughs> and you had just had your mammogram six months prior. Correct. Okay, so we're- clear and negative. All good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, we'll come back to why why that may be with the breast density here in mm-hmm. a second. But um, once you found out that you had breast cancer, what sorts of treatment did you have, and how long did that take? Are you you're done now? Um. So yes, I'm done. I'm officially get, I'm getting my port out um, June twelfth. Yeah. Cannot wait. I'm excited about that. So I really I just take a daily chemo pill right now, and of course the scans, mm-hmm. you know, um, every six months, and you know that type of thing. So. We found the breast cancer, and it was a 3.6 centimeter tumor. Well, that's pretty big. Yes, yes. And I was like, how could this be? I just had a mammogram six months ago. So that's when the surgeon went into and explained to me what about breast density breast density was. and what that meant. Okay. So let's talk, let's get into, let's dive into that. No two breasts are created equal. Nobody's like, yeah, like <laughs> size, nipples, everything down to even Correct. the breast density. Right. So let's, let's talk about that. What, what exactly is breast density? So breast density is basically how your breasts are made, the fibroglandular tissue in a, in a woman's breast. So it could be, you could be categorized in four different categories, A, B, C, or D. Mm-hmm. C and D means that you have dense breast tissue, meaning that your tissue is a lot more compact and yeah. fibroglandular fiber, uh, than yeah. a normal uh, A or B category. I was told like when they do the mammograms too, if you have dense breasts, that it's like driving through a snowstorm with your windshield wipers on turbo, like you can't really see anything. Correct. So that, and so, and that's why it's so hard for a mammogram to pick up cancer if a patient has dense breast tissue because that tissue is so connected. And so it's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's like trying to find a golf ball in the middle of a snowstorm. snowstorm. Yeah. It's almost nearly impossible. Right. And and your website says that it's actually breast density is quite common. Yes, too. yes. Forty to fifty percent of the patient population, women have dense breast tissue. The only way you can identify if you have dense breast tissue is by getting a mammogram. Right. That's important to know. <laughs> exactly. you, it's not. It's not discernible by touch. Correct. No. Right. No. The only thing why your self breast exams are important, obviously, is because you want to be familiar with your breast to right. see if there's anything different going on with your breast as right. far as that's concerned. Like me with the, I felt right. the, the the knot, and I'm like, that's kind of different. So that's why the self breast exam. But a self breast exam, your doctor cannot give tell you what your breast density is by doing that the right. only thing and I, and the reason i'm so adamant about sharing that is because people think that they can tell what kind of breast 
density you have by that. Right. You can't. The radiologist has to read it on the mammogram report. So um, with that, mammograms are still extremely, extremely important. You, You know, if you're of age, you definitely need to follow those guidelines and make sure that you get the mammograms so you will be able to identify what category you, your breasts fall in. And right. if you are in that C or D, you are you have that knowledge to get further additional screening if you so choose. Right. You're equipped with more knowledge. information mm-hmm. and knowledge is empowering. Correct. It's not a, and you know, we'll, we can talk about this again in a little bit, but it's not a connect the dot sequence. You do this and then therefore it means that you do that. Correct. Like everything is highly individualized. Correct. But understanding this element is mm-hmm. critical in your own decision making for your own body. Absolutely. Correct. Okay. And also, okay, so you mentioned that 40-50% of all women have dense breasts. And mm-hmm. I wanted to add on here as well that it's also an age thing too. So mm-hmm. women that I guess the recommended age for getting mammograms is usually around 40. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's reason to that mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. younger women tend to have more dense breast more tissue. More dense breast, correct. As, as well. we age, the, the tissue, you know, um, becomes less dense. Right. So, and I and I, I truly feel that's why so many cancers across the nation have been missed in the younger women right. with dense breast tissue. That's just just my thoughts right. and my opinion because we're not getting those mammograms earlier. We're getting right. them, them later. Right. <laughs> you know. So yeah. yeah. Well, and and important to mention here too though even though that it is an age thing and breast density is higher in younger mm-hmm. patients mm-hmm. than in older than as they as they mm-hmm. age just because you're over 40 doesn't mm-hmm. mean that your breast density is less Correct. like you still need to find absolutely. that find that out absolutely absolutely and also i had heard as well that having an increased breast density or high breast density makes you more likely to be at risk for breast cancer. Is that true as well? Yes, it is true. There are several le- legitimate studies that have been done since you know 2009 and, and beyond that there is an increased risk because of the me- molecular makeup of the cells in mm-hmm. the breast, the dense breast tissue, that puts you at a greater risk up to four to six times more risk of getting breast cancer. It, if you did not have dense breast tissue. So this is a, a critical message for women across the country to mm-hmm. understand is mm-hmm. that what is your breast density? Learn that little puzzle piece, that mm-hmm. little nugget of information about mm-hmm. your own body. And Correct. why? Mm-hmm. Because, well, it, it, it affects your ability to find whether or not you have it. Absolutely. And it makes you more at, at risk. risk. Yes. So it, like you said, a nutshell, cancer can be hidden within the breast density or dense breast tissue. And if you do have dense breasts, it is a four to six times risk of getting breast cancer. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. Now, a lot of people, when they find out this information, like I could imagine that I just had my mammogram done six mm-hmm. months ago, mm-hmm. like they could get fueled with all sorts of overwhelming emotions like mm-hmm. anger, or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and not saying that you didn't experience, you know, your own element of emotions, mm-hmm. but instead of focusing inward, you like did the opposite and you mm-hmm. just went on this crusade to change things for not only your own fight, mm-hmm. but for other women. Like mm-hmm. you went out there and said, hey, this is, this needs to be addressed. What, right. what was that spark? What set you off on that crusade to change legislation? Honestly, when I found out being in the medical industry, thinking that I was taking care of myself like I was supposed to, and come to find out this this something that was so simple that had I had that knowledge and been told, 
I could have prevented having to go through, you know, cancer and what had my family went through, what I went through, what my friends have went through. Quite honestly, I was mad. Yeah. I was angry that somebody had not empowered me with that knowledge. Right. And the only way I can explain it is I had to internalize or take that anger and to turn it into something positive mm-hmm. and to help others to not have mm-hmm. to go through what I did. And once I knew what breast, dense breast you know, tissue and having it and what it meant to a patient or to a person, I had to share it. And I had right. to make sure this does not happen to people right. <laughs> because it's something so simple that could be prevented. I, I sat on it for a minute and thought, you know, okay, what am I going to do with this now? And I'm like, I, I just got to get it out there. Knowledge is power. And who am mm. I to sit here and say, to hold this in right. um, when I can help, you know, not only educate the masses. Yes. My, my daughter, my sisters, my, you mm. know, I mean, it, you know, when I got diagnosed, my sister went in and got her mammogram mm-hmm. and she had extremely dense breast tissue. I only had class C. Mm-hmm. She had D extremely, oh, wow. and she's 40. And here her sister just got diagnosed with cancer. Her mammogram report come back. You're good. Everything's normal. You have extremely dense tissue, but we'll see you in a year. She in the same state? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So she, and so that further angered me. Right. And the more information I collected, you know, researched and Mm -hmm. got online and saw this and that. And um, it was therapeutic. As I look back, Mm -hmm. going through everything, it was therapeutic for me. To, to, to get, channel your frustration. To channel, and, to, right. to help others. Uh, well, I am, so. I am a firm believer that we can sculpt goodness from our shadows. Right. You just have to, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that it's going to be pleasant walking through our own dark right. tunnels, right. but we can bring about good. You definitely, definitely did. Mm-hmm. And let's get more into that. But before we do, for those that need a quick crash course in government <laughs> and this journey, um, because, because in talking about breast density, mm-hmm. you and Margie's army ultimately changed the law so in order to do that we have to understand how does that work so walk us through this step by step what happens first second Mm -hmm. okay so so I'm a firm believer God puts people in where they need to be if you sit back when you go through something like this in your life and you and you tune into what he's doing he's God working mysterious Mm -hmm. ways like he he's working and working working so and in ways that you might not get it at the time too exactly exactly so but i'm his vessel and who was i not to let him use me the way Mm -hmm. he did but he put the people in place and the reason i'm i went that way is because i didn't do not do this by myself obviously it was a collaboration of women and men that helped this process along one being my friend laura he is a ceo for dune medical we worked together in the past in our medical professional career mm-hmm. and she saw my video or saw my Facebook post and right. everything that was going through. Well, she's now in a position that she works for a breast cancer company. Yeah. And she, Nancy Capello, I don't know if you're familiar with her or what have you, but Nancy Capello led the way to get legislation changed in 35 states across wow. the nation. She got diagnosed in 2002, I believe. And Connecticut was the first with, she had dense breast and that type mm-hmm. of thing. So anyway, Lori and she were good friends through Lori's work. And I'm, and so Lori brought Nancy and I together right. to get Georgia moving along. In the same time, all that was happening. 
I had already made up my mind we were going to start working around in, in Georgia and we were going to make this change re- regardless. So once Lori introduced me to Nancy, my hero, uh, that had led the charge in 35 states, uh, I already knew that we were going to You were motivated. Change. Absolutely. You're already motivated. Absolutely. And now we, the people are... Already, and then all the people are starting to fall into place. We have Lori, a CEO of um, a breast cancer company. We have Nancy Capello that has led the charge across the nation. Right. We um, Then I have, I'm, I'm blessed to have a business administration, a nurse um, that knows the ins and outs of, you know, all the medical backgrounds of everything. And then I have another breast cancer survivor um, that's a good friend of mine dense breast tissue for children. Uh, she's an attorney. Then we had a teacher, a history teacher that loves politics yeah. and history and all of that stuff. So when I say God put everybody in their place, it, it just, he just aligned everybody like they should right. be. And I, like I said last night at an event I had, I was just the face that had the cancer. It was just my story. But these people that mm-hmm. God aligned and put in, in it was the whole me. movement. Oh, the whole my word. Of and, and we were unstoppable, yeah. period. And I knew it. And once we we um, decided this is what we're going to do, it was a collaboration of all these amazing women, all of our friends that surrounded us as well. We had men talking to key legislation folks you know, all over the area up and, you know, we would tell them and empower them with the information. Right. And that's how it started. We wrote letters. We we did phone calls. We talked to wives of key legislation folks to try to start getting their attention. Get the conversation going. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. We did interviews. We did meetings. We Whatever it took to start the conversation going. I was lucky enough to have two friends that were personal friends of Governor Deal at the time. Mm-hmm. They did a phone call and asked if we could just come up and introduce ourselves and, and meet him. And his wife was just recovering from breast cancer herself. So that opened the door for us to go up. And so we went up and met with him. That's how it all kind of the ball kicked off. Yes, yes, yes. So met with him. And that day in Atlanta... He actually picked up the phone and called uh, Representative Sharon Cooper, which is the chairwoman of Health and Human Resources, and asked if she would take, you know, some time to meet with us that day. She did. Wow. And she gave us all these things that we needed to do. She Mm -hmm. gave us like a little checklist. And we said, okay. So we went back to, came home, and um, we started looking to our local legislation. We needed a sponsor. We needed someone that was going to sponsor our bill and take it you know, take it the way, take it through Mm -hmm. the way we met with representative John Burns. He's the house majority leader. He had no idea any of this existed. This, our, our law had been taken to Georgia legislation three times, not our law, but something similar to it. It was never even taken to the floor for a vote. Representative Burns was so angry. He said, how how have I not seen this? Why is it, why have I not seen this before? Yeah. So we got them angry and right. motivated. This doesn't just affect women. It affects them as well. It's their wives, their daughters, their right? grandchildren that this could, could, could affect. So we got them motivated as well. So that's when it's really just kind of... Picked up steam. Yes, picked up steam. Once we got him talking, of course, I'll never forget it. I was sitting on my back porch and I wrote this long Facebook messenger. I had to find Tracy, my history teacher that 
she was my political guru from the background. She's mm-hmm. like, Margie, we got to do this right. We got to make sure that we don't step on any toes right. across the fences, both sides or what have you. And so she had me reach out to our local legislation, legislator, um, House Representative Bill Hitchens. Mm-hmm. So I sent him this long message, told him, I'm, you know, my story, Margie's Army, da, 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 and this is what we're going to do. And he even, he came to the event last night and he said, I thought... Who is this crazy person, and what is she talking about? An army, and <laughs> but it, lo and behold, and this is another God thing. Um, he hung up the phone after we talked, and his wife said, "Margie, who?" And he and he said, "Some girl named Margie Singleton." And his wife's like, "I know her." She went out with our son for a couple of dates back in high school, and she's not crazy. She's legit. Yeah. So that's kind of like, it was just weird how it all, and I had no idea who he was. And anyway, right. so he agreed to help us. He saw the benefit in it. He saw how it could impact. He, he, he told me there was like 10 women at that, that time that he knew had breast cancer, and, mm. and you know he felt like this is something that we needed to look into. The so. pieces were falling into place for him as well. Absolutely. And I well, and when I presented to him, I had all the data. Nancy mm. Capello, obviously, gave me all the ins and outs of things, and she had already well-versed me on what's what and gave right. empowered me to right. sound legit when I was talking to these legislation folks. So... He agreed to take, you know, help us with it. He helped us with Sharon Cooper. He felt like this is a women's issue. A woman probably needs to take it to the House floor, her being in Health and Human Resources chairman, who better yet to take it to the floor. So so I know why people don't try to get laws passed more often. <laughs> and um, it, it's definitely a lengthy, long process. There's lots of balls in the air and you're moving and shaking and you're and there's so much that goes into it bill hitchens actually quoted last night for every 12 bills that are presented to get passed only one goes through wow so it's it's kind of a bit it's a big deal it's a big deal right and so you really have to have your ducks in a row you have to have your knowledge you have to have everything you have to make it easy for them right and that's uh, that's exactly what we did so we presented our law did all the back work and everything that Sharon Cooper and Bill told us we needed to do and gain support of all the key legislation folks that we knew were on the committee that mm-hmm. we needed to get it to pass. And then, so what happens is Sharon took our bill to her committee, which okay. is a committee of five people. Uh-huh. They all have to vote on it. And once it passes that committee, it goes to another committee mm-hmm. that consists of like 30 representatives both Democratic and Republican. Mm-hmm. Then they have to vote on that. And that's when I had to go and testify in front of this committee. Right. And so in between all of that, we're making sure they have all the information they need. We're empowering them with everything, what Margie's Law is, what that means to them. This is not a Democrat-Republican. This it's is a bipartisan. Woman's this affects, issue. Exactly. It affects everybody. So we had to make sure we educated all of those legislation I went up and we told our story in front of them. Of course, it passed that committee, Flying Colors. Once it passed that committee, then it goes to the House floor Mm -hmm. for voting, which consisted of that day 166 representatives. Mm -hmm. So in between all of that, we're educating. We're making sure all these representatives have everything and then some so they can't tell us no. Right. So that's that took about a six-month process going Mm -hmm. back and forth, back and forth. And so, of course, we flew through the House um, we got 165 yeses to one no. Uh huh. And bless his heart, I pray for him a lot that 
voted against us, but <laughs> it's yeah. okay. So once that happens, then we, it goes to the Senate side. Right. The same process starts over on the Senate side. So six months, we're working on the House. We're getting all that gain and commitment. Of course, and then you've got your House people. We're trying to get the senators, talking to the senators, and making right. sure that we get in touch with the correct senators. Who's going to take it on the Senate side? So, mm. <laughs> so that's – and then in between, we're just – Social media, interviews, right. whatever, just trying to make sure we get it out there. And then Senator Ben Watson agreed to take it on the Senate side. Same thing. They go to a smaller committee. They vote on it there. Then it goes to the bigger um, Senate committee. I go and I testify. We get all pauses there. And then it goes to the Senate floor. Now, the mm-hmm. Senate, I tell us, okay, this is exciting. <laughs> tell, us, tell us the Senate vote. Okay, so the Senate vote was 100% yes. <laughs> yes, yes. And all I can remember, um, a year later from all, you know, going through all that, I just remember it going, because it, it's like this little countdown. They go for the vote, and they get, you know, all that. And then it came comes up, and it's 100% or, you know, 55 yeses to zero no's. When I saw that, I literally just started crying. I'm like, we did it. It's done. It's done. The only thing that can stop it now is if the governor decided to veto it. Because then that's the last, that's the last (laughs) final icing on the cake. Exactly. Exactly. And mind you, during this all, we're doing this over here with the House and the Senate. But he's, he knows who we are and what's going on. And like I said, it's a million balls. You're, you're, it's politics. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's a good way of putting it. So yes, yes. So it was a long process. Lots going on. Um, lots of steps involved. It's not something. Lots. Let me just say. Let me just go. Hey, I think I'm going to change the law today. No, yes. it takes a lot of a lot of work, yes. a lot of research, a lot of educating, Absolutely. and a lot of steps. Yes. Um, like Julie, my friend Julie, she's the attorney, the breast cancer survivor. She and I spent multiple days up at the Capitol, knocking on doors. Yeah, going in. Hey, we're Margie, Margie's army. That you know, this is what we're trying to do. Talking to Republican and Democrats, explaining to them that so this is a bipartisan. It was a grassroots right. effort. Right. Um, we didn't have a lobbyist. We didn't. We didn't have all those funds to be able to, right. to get somebody to do it. We just did it all by ourselves just in that regard. And yeah, so had it, the motivation and the story and exactly the. Yes, and the knowledge. I had mm-hmm. some smart women right. around me. I, I was like, I told them, like, I'm just, I was just the face. Everybody right. else, they were just amazing. So, well, don't anyway. don't sell yourself short there either, because you were you were part of this incredible movement. Yeah, and, and yeah. I had the anger to do it. Mm-hmm. I just needed help, like the yeah. So putting it all together. Yeah. So is there, so I know you mentioned um, some key players there. Is there anybody else that you want to just insert and take a moment to, to think real quick before we move on? Oh, gosh. Um, That's a loaded question, I know. I will, <laughs> so it, she it doesn't is. say your name. It doesn't mean she doesn't appreciate you. Well, I mean, even like my, it is a true, true collaboration of amazing people mm-hmm. that have surrounded me. And not one person. It was the collectivity of the. Oh mom. my gosh! Everybody that I like, we had the event last night had a part in it. You know, it's, I like to say the whole with the whole keepers of the flame idea yeah. that it's each little flicker that comes together that right. creates that yes. light, that yes. glow. Yes. It's not one person that says "maha, here you go." <laughs> right. It's yeah. it's every little bit of effort that comes together to right. create that. It's God's plan. Mm-hmm. This was His plan. Yeah. I was His vessel. And I've said it from the get-go. It was his plan, our journey. Who are we to tell him no? When he put it in my heart, I was convicted. I knew. 
And there was, you weren't going to stop me. And actually, I told several key legislation folks before. I said, you can tell us no now, but we're not going to go away. Kind of like you with your your stuff that you're doing. We're not going to go away. We're going to continue because people deserve to know this. It's a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. (laughs) And information is meant to empower you. Exactly. All right. So I do have here, I think I got this from... Tell me if I got this wrong. I wanted to read like what this law actually states. Okay. So this is what I have. Tell me if, if for whatever reason I have a little part that needs uh, editing. But this is what I, it has. Um, that Section 1, lines 35 to 43, the House Bill 62 stated that if a patient's mammogram demonstrates dense breast tissue, mm-hmm. the healthcare facility that conducted the mammogram shall provide notification to the patient that includes but is not limited to the following information in the summary of the results of a mammography examination that is sent directly to a patient pursuant to 42 U.S.C. Section 263B. Your mammogram shows that your breast tissue is dense. Mm -hmm. Dense breast tissue is very common and is not abnormal. However, dense breast tissue can make it more difficult to detect cancer through a mammogram. Also, dense breast tissue may increase your risk for breast cancer. This information about the result of your mammogram is given to you to increase your awareness. Use this information to talk with your healthcare provider about whether other supplemental tests in addition to your mammogram may be appropriate for you based on your individual risk. A report of your health results was sent to your ordering physician. Mm -hmm. If you are self-referred, a report of your results was sent to you in addition to this summary. So that's basically Mm -hmm. what the the law now says Mm -hmm. that that has to be placed on your mammogram. Yes, ma'am. And yes. then it gives you your breast density, your your grade, your what is it, A B C A B C or D? A B C D. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Before, they didn't have to put anything, so people didn't know if they were breast, if they had dense breasts, yes or not. They just yeah. would get the mammogram, and they didn't tell me anything You're was normal. wrong. I must be good. Yeah, and the, right. actually, I've I've went back and looked at several of my mammogram reports, as I'm sure you probably have. It said on my mammogram reports, everything's normal. You know, blah blah blah. You have breast density C. That's it. Yeah. Didn't tell me what that meant. It didn't tell me that I was at increased risk of breast cancer. It didn't tell me that cancer can be hidden. Yeah. Um, in mammogram, it couldn't. It didn't tell me that I could benefit from additional screening. I'm gonna have to go back it's and a, look at mine because I've only had one, mm-hmm. and I'm my story is a little bit different mm-hmm. because I have the BRCA gene. Right, so I right. had to go before I was 40. Had right. one mammogram, mm-hmm. it didn't see it, mm-hmm. and then had an MRI, and that's what finally right. caught it for me. So mm-hmm. my my story is different, and I think that's important to mention as well. Mm-hmm. Is that no two stories are going to be identical walking no. through mm-hmm. this road. Right. And I like this part where it says in the what would be placed on the mammogram may be appropriate for you based on your individual risk correct because there's so many different factors that come into family history Mm -hmm. your genetics your yes your breast density your lifestyle right so everybody's different and so that's yeah right (laughs) but what's good is that it opens up that dialogue for you to be empowered with Mm -hmm. i mean it's not like it's if you have this grade on your breast density that it's, you know, connect the dots. I think I said right. before that this means this. Right. It's more of this is a big puzzle piece in your own wellness mm-hmm. that you need to consider. Mm-hmm. But also consider all of these other little, like as you just mentioned, Correct. puzzle pieces as well. Mm-hmm. You don't want to ignore and deny this puzzle piece because right. it is very valuable right. and very informative. Right. Case in point, your own story. Mm-hmm. But then also recognizing that you need to be open to understanding all about you. Correct. Mm-hmm. 
You know, and Joyce, I wanted to reiterate, we were talking about, you asked me a question, you know, when I got diagnosed and um, the day I went in for the mammogram and the ultrasound, and then of course I did another mammogram after the ultrasound, the day the surgeon told me that I had breast cancer, a 3.6 centimeter tumor that measured on the ultrasound, he showed me those same films from the mammogram that day, from the same day, both missed the cancer. They couldn't tell it. Could 3.6 centimeters and Three it couldn't, point. and it couldn't yep. see. The Only clip, the... the clip was in the middle of the tumor. He showed me, he pulled up my films, my mammogram films and said, you see that clip right there? And I said, yes. He said, that's right in the middle of your cancer. You cannot see it anywhere on this wow. mammogram. And I said, that's when I was like, why? Right. And that's when he said, you have dense breast tissue. Trying to find your cancer on a mammogram is like trying to find a, a golf ball in the middle of a snow blizzard. You'll never find it. Right. And that's immediately, that's when my head, and my, I just started, what do you mean? Da, 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 da. Tell me more. What right. way, how could this be? And so that's kind of where all this started. Right. And then the rest has been history. Right. <laughs> and I think that that, you know, reiterating as well, like it's so important to, for people to understand this element of their own bodies. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I know that we've said it before and I'll say it again, that, Every person's story is different. Mm-hmm. Every person's body is different. It's mm-hmm. medicine isn't perfect. Mm-hmm. It's not a one-stop shop. Mm-hmm. This leads to that. Right. Like, it's kind of, it's like a puzzle. You mm-hmm. have to find all of these little puzzle pieces mm-hmm. and put it together to mm-hmm. find out what is your mm-hmm. overall mm-hmm. health require. What mm-hmm. is your overall mm-hmm. risk? You don't want to ignore this puzzle piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, everybody thinks, especially with us being in what in our forties, or you know, <laughs> that you're invincible and that you've got, you know, you can do anything, and you, you know cancer is definitely not on your radar and then when you're sat in a conference room and a surgeon sits across from you and says you've got cancer it's like oh this my is something gosh. you tell other people why are you telling me <laughs> like, it, exactly it's a wake-up call big right. time so you're talking about all these little puzzle pieces listen to your body make sure i don't care what age you are right you're not invincible and you got 36 <laughs> okay that's when i found you, out and so you've got to make sure that you Put all those pieces together the best you can, right? Because and you are your number one advocate. Nobody knows your body as best as you do, and you need to collect as much information about you, absolutely, so that you can be continue Mm -hmm. to be that number one advocate. Mm -hmm. And this includes, you know, since everybody's body is different, includes the fact that you know, okay, your body chemistry is different, your cancers are even Mm -hmm. different. I mean, I used to think that I was an educated person, and I thought (laughs) breast cancer is breast cancer, but there's so many different flavors of that as well. You know, people's family history is different. That came into play for me in my story. Your genetics, your history. African-American women have a lot more their dense breast tissue than Caucasian. Mm-hmm. So, or if you're gen- if you have a genetic mutation, I guess right. there's a lot of things that go into play with that. A lot of things that go into play. Um, as we talked about before, the, the, you know, their age comes into play. You, your heritage. Mm-hmm. I know that I, in the, you know, we'll talk about this in a second, the Tyra Cusick model, mm-hmm. like kind of takes into account all of these risk factors, Correct. including like, okay, your age at your first period. Mm-hmm. When did you start menopause? Mm-hmm. The genetics. Uh-huh. And then even this other puzzle piece that you're shining a light on mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. that is also just as critical is the breast density. Mm-hmm. It's not breast density is the answer mm-hmm. or genetics is the answer mm-hmm. or your age is the mm-hmm. answer. Mm-hmm. It is all of it. Correct. Combined. Correct. I was a walking time bomb. Not mm-hmm. only did I have dense breast tissue that put me in an a, a, a increased risk, I also have an ATM mutation. 
Mm. which is breast and pancreatic cancer. So it wasn't a matter if I was going to get cancer. It was just when. Mm. And here we are. And my sister's the same way. I'm glad that I went through it first so I could protect my sister. Now she hopefully does not have to go through this. But the information that you gained is empowering not only for you. Correct. But but your family as well. For my sister, my nieces, my nephews, my own daughter. Right. And when she gets age appropriate, you know, so I'm thankful. I hate that I had to go through that, but I'm thankful that I have that knowledge now. Right. And not only do you have the knowledge, but now they have that knowledge and knowledge is empowering. Mm -hmm. So there's kind of two truths here. The one, one truth is of the camp that yes, absolutely. Information is meant to empower us, Mm -hmm. not cripple us. Mm -hmm. So and breast density is absolutely a thing Mm -hmm. and you should know your Mm -hmm. own bodies Mm -hmm. inside and out. Correct. And I think that this is important. And I like that piece of the, um, what they're going to put on the mammograms where it talks about what's right for you mm-hmm. and your story, because what that does is it opens up the dialogue mm-hmm. between provider and patient, mm-hmm. but talking a little bit, okay, well, what to do about that? Cause it's not that you get this score and then it means if you get this score, then you do this. Mm-hmm. Because as we've already said, there's so many different factors that come into play mm-hmm. and layering on this other perspective we were talking about risk assessment Mm -hmm. and understanding what your lifetime risk Mm -hmm. of acquiring breast cancer is. Mm -hmm. And they do recommendations of screening based off of, Mm -hmm. based off of that. And as you already said, half of the screening females have dense breast tissues, Mm -hmm. but screening beyond mammograms, it's not necessarily always feasible for everybody right now. There's just so many people. So they have to have this Mm-hmm. plan mm-hmm. I guess in place mm-hmm. this risk assessment mm-hmm. and so one of the things that is uh, well studied and widely available is that tire tire cusick cusick mm-hmm. so so for those that don't know what that is and I was in this camp until mm-hmm. like I started talking mm-hmm. about this more because mm-hmm. see my lifetime risk as soon as I found out I had the BRCA2 mutation mm-hmm. I was up at 84% right so I skyrocketed up over the mm-hmm. yeah I might have had breast dense but this was mm-hmm. like this already you were put me time bomb as I was well. a ticking time bomb. <laughs> it already skyrocketed me straight to the top of the charts mm-hmm. where my lifetime risk was well over 20%. Mm-hmm. So I was automatically moved to having mm-hmm. MRIs and mammograms mm-hmm. done every six months. Mm-hmm. That's not the case for everybody. Mm-hmm. So let's bring it back away from me getting skyrocketed because of this darn gene mm-hmm. and bring it back to the general population mm-hmm. with dense breasts. Mm-hmm. And okay, tell me, tell me a little bit about the tire Cusick model. Like how does that work? So the Tyracusic model is a software program. You can go on the laptop of any computer you have. And it basically just takes your, you know, BMI, age of when you started your menstrual cycle, your family history, weight, and it calculates um, your overall risk as far as your breast and ovarian cancer. It's super simple. It can be done in any imaging center or OBGYN office, and it could help identify your overall lifetime risk based mm-hmm. on the general population compared to where you individually are. Right. So, and the whole idea of this model is to gain an understanding of what your overall lifetime risk is. Correct. And then, and they're all, as you said, all these little pieces that mm-hmm. play into well, what creates that lifetime risk. Correct. And we've already mentioned these little puzzle mm-hmm. pieces, right? So if your lifetime risk is so greater than the general population, of course, your doctor hopefully will talk to you about that and give you other options for screening 
right to help prevent yourself from getting cancers versus if you're in the general population of course the general guidelines are fine right um so yeah the tire cusick model says that if you have a less less than 15 percent lifetime risk then you're at average risk right so you do all that stuff if you're between 15 and 19 percent then you're at intermediate risk mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so supplemental screening is possible mm-hmm. you kind of need to talk to your doctor about it if there's a greater than 20% lifetime risk, then you're at high risk. Mm-hmm. And according to the American Cancer Society, if you have a greater than 20% lifetime risk, then they recommend annual MRIs mm-hmm. and mammograms mm-hmm. regardless of density Correct. at that point. Correct. So when women go in to get their mammograms done, they want to know what their breast density is, but then they're also going to need to be familiar with all of these little tiny things mm-hmm. that can contribute to mm-hmm. their overall mm-hmm. lifetime risk. Mm-hmm. And where does that stack up on things? Mm-hmm. And this is great because it opens up that dialogue. Right. Absolutely. Okay, so I want to make sure that I also say that I certainly don't know what the answer is. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure that this information is brought to women because it is very individualized for them. So yes. they go, they find out that they have dense breasts, then they can have that conversation with their provider about what to do next. But, you know, I've had people go, oh, let's just all do MRIs. Well, that's not necessarily the answer Mm -hmm. either because Mm -hmm. MRIs have their own set of concerns. Correct. One, they are very expensive. Right. They can be problematic for those that are claustrophobic. Mm -hmm. They also administer a contrast. Correct. Mm-hmm. And the contrast, for those that don't know, it's an injection that they put into you so that they can get better right. imaging. Metallic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that has its own, it's associated <laughs> with its own set of risk factors. And then also MRIs can tend to have a lot of false positives. They're very mm-hmm. sensitive mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not a one-stop, this is the answer. There's lots of pieces that need to be considered and what is right for you right. needs to be determined with you and your provider. Mm-hmm. But information in there is empowering. Correct. Know all of your nuggets of truths about you. Exactly. And that's all we can do. And it's unfortunate. There is no magic wand that we could just say, poof, we can fix everything, right? Right. I mean, it's medicine. I mean, it's the best that we have. And that's what we have to go with. Like you said, you just have to go with what is best tailored for you. And it comes out not just what your doctor says as well, but internally. Right. If you have, you have to collect all that knowledge. And then internalize it and decide you patient with your, in the collaboration with your daughter, what best works for you to help you prevent <laughs> cancer exactly. at the end of the day, yes. live a long, lovely life. Right. Right. <laughs> and then also learning other ways that you can also help reduce your risk. Correct. Correct. And I would say, I mean, for me personally, I think ultrasound definitely would be the way to go. There's some new, new studies out. There's a new equipment called Selfview that actually looks at the whole breast versus just like a, a, a one area. Right. I think it's fabulous. It's just an inception. They're just doing studies on it, but it, it, it takes high risk patients like us and looks gives at that the, next exactly layer so, of vision. Yeah. So there's tons of technology that is out and is coming and doctors do the best they can. Right. I hope, you know, I think mine, I've know, been very blessed. My, yes, doctors, exactly. my doctors are kick butt. Yes. I mean, so, yeah, but they're not God either. You know, right. they're doing no, the best they can. All, and human. so they're, they're just, you know, so well, and I also had heard that, well, I saw this when I was doing some some reading and digging on the internet, and I came across an article that had said that your pr- primary care physicians and radiologists, they can have trouble sometimes educating women on mm-hmm. d- dense breasts, what it means, because mm-hmm. 
I mean, not that it's super complicated, mm-hmm. but it's it's like its own little course, you know? Like, yes. And so to be able to, to get that information mm-hmm. out so that women understand, A, mm-hmm. what it is, mm-hmm. and B, what is theirs, and then C, what do they do about it? And so that's why I'm so glad I'm that so, what you're doing. I'm so glad you brought that up because actually some of our initial meetings we, were, we had with, like, Sharon up at the Capitol – She's like, well, who's going to tell all these people about this? And, you know, are you guys going to help me educate? And so actually, yes, we are. We, we, we go everywhere we can. We are there. We're, right. you know, talking about it. The literature, interviews. I'm, I was, I'll, I will be, I'll be honest. When all this first started, I was in, in shock and disappointed and in awe at the amount of PCPs and medical world that did not know about dense breast issue what is that what are you talking about huh. they didn't they didn't know about it so i was like wow so <laughs> that even further yeah, that's crazy. yeah. <laughs> i mean my my personal experiences my doctors were like you know crazy awesome uh-huh. like love them but yeah. i mean you, as we said a second ago people are human and you know right. so well, up until here. recently i don't think the studies backed up right what was happening now we have studies legit multi-centered you know studies that back up what we're saying right yeah <laughs> from reputable centers yeah yeah <laughs> that have actually studied this there is a significant link to dense breast tissue and, and cancer. cancer yeah yeah mm-hmm. what was your biggest challenge during this journey both personal and with your quest for moving mountains <laughs> biggest challenge that's a great question. And you and I actually spoke about it a little bit on the phone the other day. For me, I'm a very active, very outgoing, very sociable. My whole family is. And we love to be outdoors and do this and that and the other. So when I was going through all of that, I couldn't. Right. Physically, mentally, emotionally. When you go through, like you know, when you go through something like this, it's almost like having an outer body experience. Mm-hmm. You don't you're, you're not yourself. You're every every part of who you thought you were gets snatched away from you. That's right. And and even down to the physical movements too. Every, like I just spoke with a survivor the other day, and she told me that she was shocked about how little she was able to move. Right. Afterwards, yeah. like just walking to Walmart, you know, yeah, is yeah. exhausting. It's exhausting walking to the bathroom. Right. Exhausting. So that. Your mind's telling you one thing, that you're still that person that you were, but your body, it's gone. Right. Like every, your whole, like, it's almost like your whole soul is just out here floating somewhere <laughs> and you're trying so hard to get it back and you just can't. That was the biggest huh, um, frustration for right. me. Um, and then... I got mad. It's my body. Yes. It's my you... darn body. Will it, why, will I, why won't my body listen to my brain? <laughs> and you have no control. Right. None. Zero. Yeah, because they're basically putting this poison in you and killing you. You're killing, right. they're killing everything. So, and not being able to be with my family and my little girl and just do those things. Right. I felt like I, my life was being stolen from me. Right. And it made me mad. And then, you know, and even to, even when we were going through trying to get this law passed, there were so many days that I would call up my closest, my best friend, Stephanie, and I'd, I'd say, I'm, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't do this. So the hardest so part. the hardest part is, you know, you're going through therapy. You don't feel good. You're struggling just to make it through a day. And, yeah. um, of course, I took on this <laughs> Margie's Law. And um, there were days that I was 
I, I just didn't know if I could do it. I'm like, yeah. why am I doing this? And those are the days that I would pick up the phone and call my friends and, hey, guys, what, why, tell, I don't know if I can do this. And they are the ones. So, yes, yeah. you can. You can. And then I, I know for you me. You for not just you, for everybody else. Right. You keep going. So Baby steps are still steps. And I know that for me, like, I would put this layer of expectation on myself. Like, I have to be doing this a certain way. Like, I'm not allowed to be this. I need to pick myself up. And I know we talked about a second ago that when I was done with my treatment, I thought, I'm only supposed to be smiles and happy and whatever. But the the truth of the matter is is that there's this whole other side as well. Oh, yeah. Like, there's Mm -hmm. this emotional piece. And unless you're going through it. Mm Mm-hmm. People don't understand. Right. So it's so important to have a great mental attitude or do the best you can, but also surround yourself with amazing people, Mm -hmm. your amazing sport group to help pick you up up when you're having those those days. Right. And to know you don't have to do it alone. And And I want women out there that are listening that that might be able to relate with any of this rawness to know that in having an emotional moment in feeling sadness and feeling grief or feeling fear it doesn't make you any less awesome it doesn't make you less optimistic or strong like it is not weakness at all it's all i think normal in the process from what i've experienced from what the people like yourself that i've spoken to it's all part of the process <laughs> it is it is a part of this um cancer healing journey yeah. that people just aren't talking about mm-hmm. but when i come out and i've and i've said this and i've i've had this conversation with a lot of women that have gone through it and every one is like oh my god i thought i was the only one mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. and they're not. not like yeah. even and they would they would turn to me and be like joyce you're so strong and i'm like me did you not just hear me like i'm i was on the floor like i was fall, i was a mess but yeah, that's the it's truth part of it it it's is part of it it's it like is. you get through the journey and then it's like okay now what right what do i do now right. you know because it, that ident- for a whole year at least you're identified by that. Right. That you're just trying to survive. You're trying to get through it. You're on a mission. <laughs> and then once you get past that mission, it's like, now what do I do with myself? Right. Right. <laughs> so that's, well, yeah. And I know that we've talked about this before, and I just want to reiterate to everybody else out there as well, that these moments, they don't define you. Mm-hmm. There is this, once you've, once you've made it through your hurdles and you get to, quote, survivorhood, or you mm-hmm. get to the other side don't be surprised if there is this layer of emotional rawness because mm-hmm. that is part of the journey and it doesn't make you weak and we're not defined by it. It's just recognizing that that is part of our humanity. Right. And what do you do about it? Well, first of all, you don't, you don't ignore it. Mm-hmm. You recognize that it's part of it. It's real. It yeah. is real. Mm-hmm. You're not alone Correct. in it. And then give yourself that space and that permission to feel whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's not going to take over. You're not going to be defined by it. It's not pleasant, mm-hmm. but it's um, it's not all of us either. Right. Exactly. What is one thing that you want the youth across America to walk away knowing from this episode? Be your own advocate. Be strong. Listen to yourself. Just because... 
you don't have all the answers doesn't mean you're wrong. Find those answers. Do everything you can to empower yourself to be the best person that you can. And don't take no for an answer. Right. If, you, if you're convicted about it, be strong and, and do make a difference. Right. Education is critical. Exactly. Educate yourself about yourself mm-hmm. inside and out. Mm-hmm. And then I want to add on there too is recognizing that it is your mind and yep. your body mm-hmm. and your soul. Mm-hmm. And, they, and even I had one healthcare provider that was very active in helping getting this, this law passed. He said, Margie, when you came in, I, I, yeah, he thought, yeah, she's, here's just another woman, you know, that's saying she's going to do this. And he said, I didn't think you were going to do it. And you, but you did. And he said, I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. They, they, and so many times they, they think that we're not serious. Yeah. That's, well, and I, I'm glad that you said this because I want to tag this on as well. When somebody goes through something that is hard mm-hmm. and we have these really dark mm-hmm. days and mm-hmm. we feel low, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that we're weak and that doesn't mean that you two cannot stand up mm-hmm. and have that strength and that courage within you to push forward exactly. for something, mm-hmm. for a change. Have a like it's not just convicted. like, I mean... I'm I'm so glad that you've come and talked to us today, but um, I also want to make sure that people know that they too have that power. Mm -hmm. They too are strong and courageous Mm -hmm. and can make a difference. It's not unattainable. It's not way out there. Oh, wow. Look at what they did. That is so inspiring. I wish I could do something like that. You can. You can. I'm, I listen. I am just a simple country girl. (laughs) I grew up in Rinkin, Georgia. And I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And I knew everything just fell into place. And I had to make it happen. Right. So. Where can women go for more information about breast density? So there's several different websites. There's rudents.com. There's also um, densebreastinfo.org. You could also go on margiesarmy.com. You can Google dense breast tissue and there's there's definitely different now and and i've seen recently certain groups have gotten on board whether that be uh it's a journey or susan b coleman or what have you they their websites they've now added the dense breast tissue on there information on there as well that is fantastic well thank you thank you thank you so much margie for joining us here today and thank you for all that you've done to shine a light on this issue and to help women not only you know you fighting your own fight but fighting this fight for so many women out there so i I just hope that we've can save lives and prevent this early detection is so key it is and survival if the earlier you catch it your overall survival rate is so much more uh in your favor that's right exactly (laughs) and um, i appreciate you everything that you're doing to help you know further along this process yes thank you absolutely And thank you for listening at home and hearing what Margie has to say about breast density. For more information, please visit our online breast cancer resource center at www.togetherweweather.org. Click on the education tab to learn more about breast cancer and breast density. Uh, Check them out and then share both this podcast and website with women and their families who may be dealing with a diagnosis like this. I look forward to speaking with you all again soon. Until then, remember that together we weather this storm. You are never alone.